my friends. Welcome to an afternoon edition of Mavs Party. I'm Kirk Anderson, Editor-in-Chief of MavsMoneyBall.com. You are joining me. It's about 3.45 on Sunday. We're going to have a good time here. Uh, we're going to talk about the game. Josh Bow and I just finished recording our podcast, and it should be up in your feeds if you want to go listen after this. Sitting across from me is my six-year-old son who watched a significant portion of the game with me, but he's currently playing his iPad. I bet he will still get his takes in, though, whether I want him to or um, All right, guys, so remember rules. Just listen for your name. Come up, say your piece. Uh, be sure that you're not muted. Be sure that the green light is uh, around your name. And I'm probably not going to let us do this for more than about a half hour, 40 minutes. I just, it's too, you know... It, I have my son on the iPad, which is not thorough parenting, but hey, we'll see. All right, coming up first is my buddy Jason. How are we doing, Jason? Welcome back. Hello, can you hear you guys? Can I you can. Are you in a wind tunnel? I am in a wind tunnel. I'm walking my dog, so this might not be the best time getting back from my walk, but oh my gosh, I'll drop off that. Oh, he, no, he's really excited about the wind, too, so just, just tell he's us what's excited. going on. Luca loves hunting down the team's best mm. players. LeBron, now it's Giannis. I cannot believe this. I have no idea why he does it. I, like, I have some sort of idea. Oh, get the best defender, then he can't make a whole position. Whatnot, but it's kind of insane to watch him just be one-on-one. I'm going to be all these MVP candidates. I'm not in top tier MVP conversation, so I'm just going to beat you one-on-one and force you to look at me that way. But, it's outstanding. Oh, my God, it? what a win. It's outstanding. It's great. That's great. I like this take. And Jason's dog, you'd be good. Come back up right. later if you want to, all right? Great win, guys. Excellent. Yeah, the 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 Luca, um, what do we call it if it's not bum hunting? We're gonna have to come up with like like another like he's just like that was that was mean. And he wasn't like poor Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews was a negative twenty seven in nineteen minutes. Um that's very bad. Like, if you go look at all the – like, if they just probably didn't play Wes Matthews on Luka, they might have won that game. <laughs> like, it's just this 2022. What is Wes Matthews doing out there? All right, coming up next is – let's go to Christian. Hey, Christian. Hey, how you doing today, Kirk? I'm just having a nice little Sunday here. Yeah, what a great game. I mean, uh, you know, when the Bucks got up early, uh, I think they – got up by 10 or so in the first half, you know, was nervous, thought that it could spiral. But, I mean, this team, the resiliency that it has is great to see. You could tell that they really wanted this team uh, or really wanted this game. But I think the most underrated aspect of this game was the job Jalen Brunson did defensively on Chris Middleton. I, he did very well. I, I, I would have never guessed that he would have played as well against him. Like I, I did not foresee that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it was, it's, it's one of these games where, you know, I was talking to Bucks fans during it and, and I think they've been trying to get Middleton going for a couple of games and he just hasn't had it. Um, and, and, and you really all praise due to Brunson. You know, you, you take these sorts of things. I, I don't know if I would want to do that again, because it was, you know, the Bucks really pressed that that size mismatched because I, I think they just thought that the shots would start falling and they just didn't. Um, and and you know, 
Brunson really worked. You know, he did a good out after those shots. He contested as hard as he could, and they just they weren't falling. And and it's it's really nice to to watch. It was nice watching another team self destruct to a degree. Because not to take anything away from the Mavericks, but like I think in terms of just like a paper talent matchup, you would choose the Bucks seven out of ten times in a given game. But the way Luca played, the way Dwight Powell played, the way. Brunson played defensively. There's just like a lot of little contribute contributions at the right time from the right guys. I mean, the, you know, you talk about the first half where things got a little funky. Spencer Dinwiddie hit three threes, and you know, Spencer's kind of a, a we've seen him just have games where he can't hit anything. So it was it was you know it was great to see. Yeah, I mean, the whole team really stepped up. I mean, I I don't know how I haven't mentioned Dwight Powell yet, but. I mean, what did he finish up with? I mean, I know he had like 22 and 12 or 20-something and 12. 13. 13. 13 boards, which is the most rebounds he's had in the game in a really long time. Yeah, he he was just fantastic tonight, just on both ends, uh, did really well. And I think, like you were saying, like everybody just kind of stepped up enough uh, you know, Brunson had some big shots. Bertans actually hit a few uh, important shots. Spencer's uh, 3-3 were huge early on. Um, you know, I, I just I, – I did not foresee this uh, outcome. And uh, to the extent of self-destruction, I thought we were about to do it there when nobody was helping Luca when he was getting trapped and we kept turning it over. Um but then the Bucks would turn it over. So it was just an exciting game. I think uh, the way that we play against top-level competition has me um, excited for the playoffs and really thinking we can make a run. And the last thing I'll say, I don't want to keep this tight, but uh, seeing Josh Green take these threes, it looks a lot better. And I actually feel pretty confident in him making the shot when it when he goes you know gets into shooting motion i used to be terrified uh but i feel rather confident that it's going to go down so i think you know another uh good development on that end um but appreciate you bringing me up kirk hope you have a great day well thanks so much for joining okay coming up next is wow we got a lot of people and i i apologize in advance because i don't think i'm gonna be able to make it to everybody um, let's go with Slim Reaper. How are we doing? Welcome to the show. Hit that unmute button for us and then, then, uh, say your piece. Hello. Can you hear Hello. me? Hello. Welcome. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, uh, first time, long time, as they say, um, I just wanted to say basically it was, it was my birthday on April 1st. Didn't go the best, but being able to watch this game, <laughs> that made my whole weekend. Um, yeah, I need them to win a Friday game. It's been three weeks since they won a Friday. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely own. get that. It's yeah, it's tough to start the weekend on an L, but but today was seriously a great game. Um, I just wanted to also say that the vibe in the beginning of the game. If I don't know if anyone was watching, but in the background of like the camera, you could see Luca like bouncing the ball off of his head and like trying to pass it and then have them score and just they were just playing around and like. I don't know. They were playing some little game where they would bounce the ball off their shoulder or off their chest or like a soccer type of thing. But the vibe just seemed like it was very positive to start off. And it was just great to see them finish this game as a team. Um, and also, if you had told me that the second most important player on the Mavs today 
would have been Dwight Powell, I would have probably told you to go to the moon. Right, in this game in particular, because we've not even mentioned that Maxi Kleba didn't play. So it's like, oh, Dwight's going to lunch eight, and, and Dwight was incredible. Exactly, and it was it was refreshing. I think we're, we're seeing Dwight Powell of old, and seriously, he contributed to this game, I feel like, just as much as Luka did, and, and of course in a different manner. But he hustled, I feel like, the whole time that he was playing. And we needed that. Josh made that exact point on the podcast he and I just recorded, and I couldn't agree more. He's so important to the little things. And, you know, he's just become uh, – we've, we've all been dally, we've all been kind of dancing with uh, the idea of Rudy Gobert being available in the offseason. Right. And right. it felt like Dwight Powell was, was irritated by that conversation. <laughs> he's like, you know what? That, that makes sense. <laughs> That that would absolutely make sense because he was he was going at a hundred miles an hour the whole game and I I just wanted to say I it was great to see that uh, great defense from Bullock and and DFS of course and they were making their threes on top of that so they were contributing on both ends of the court which was I don't remember the last time that I've seen it flow so smoothly but today was just a beautiful game altogether and I just wanted to come on here and just kind of speak my piece and just shout out to to the team as a yeah, whole. Well, thank you for coming. I hope you come back sometime. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, uh, and have a good day, man. All right, talk soon. All right, um, coming up next is Jared. Hi, Jared. What's going on? Jared, do we have you there? All right, maybe we'll try to come yeah, back yeah, to you here in a few minutes. Yeah, Hold on, buddy. I'm doing a podcast. He just doesn't care. Children, they're the best. Uh, Ewan, what's, what's going on? Yeah, Kirk, what's going on, man? Welcome. Yeah, you know, it's it's good over here on the East Coast. Nice to see my guys win on primetime, you know. Feels good, man. The primetime game is an underrated element because, you know, part of why Luca I think, doesn't get MVP buzz like we want is when he plays like crap in early season primetime games, which he did, it just kind of knocks him out of the narrative. And then when he just comes barreling down like today – we're just going to, you know, we're going to, Nick Wright is pushing uh, Luca for MVP. I mean, it's not going to happen, but yeah, it's just fun to see. I enjoy it. Yeah, like, I, when, I, when I make my post, I just say, you know, it's Luca World Tour. I'm like, just being, being whoever your favorite player is, because <laughs> the top 10 players, whoever they are, whenever Luca faces them, he just, he's, cause he's just calling them out one-on-one, like, let's go. And he wins. He's just... It's a beautiful thing to see. Beautiful well, that, that, the step back over Giannis is just one of the rudest things I've seen because it's like he got the step and was like, oh, yes, I'm going to shoot this. And then he misses the next shot where That's no one is near him, him with like a five-foot air ball. Just like the man plays with such joy. It's great. Yeah, it's like, okay, ISO Braun, bucket. ISO Steph, bucket. ISO Giannis, bucket. It's like, who who's next? Who's next? But um, one thing I will say about the the national, you know, broadcasting crew that didn't you know, watch Mavs games all year like we do, so they don't really, you know, they're not that informative when it comes to a lot of things with the Mavs. And um, you know, Van Gundy and Mark Jackson like, yo, you know, the, the, he has won a playoff series. I'm like, guy, this guy, who 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 goes up against Paul George and Kawhi back to back years with technically no help. <laughs> like you have to state that you can't just say he, he has one in the playoff series and not act like he hasn't faced Paul George and Kawhi with no help, pretty much. Like you well, have to... notorious dipshit Mark Jackson was like, Luca needs to be more unselfish. It's like, what planet are you on, man? And at that point, he had had twelve assists. I just like I wrote that down in my notes. It's just 
I don't know. I don't like that crew anymore. They've been together too long. Yeah, and it's like, you know, all the stats they put up there, you know, 29, 28-9 or 9, and 28-9 and 9, he's only playing the NBA to be doing that right now. And it's like, honestly, he should be having over double digits assists with all the wide open shots everyone gets. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. In the first half, Finney Smith was brick, 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 but 90, 95% of his shots is wide open. You know, it's just like, these guys see it a few times per month, national televised games, where you rewatch it every time they play so we know what's happening we know who's doing what and you know what i'm saying like who's capable of doing what I and do. what they've been doing yeah, I do. so it's like it's just frustrating to hear the national guys you know make the telecast once you know once they once they have our game it's just i just rather value the whole way <laughs> well we don't and we don't get like we we might not get we only have three games left with bally like they don't do postseason stuff unless it's like special deal, unless it's like a totally boring series, and Luca will probably be placed in one of the better slotted television times. Yeah. So like we only get three, three games left with dudes that we like. Yeah, the only, only bad thing I would have to say about the first half, or probably a little bit in the third quarter, but you know we we figured it out. It's like our players like be who you are. Like Dwight Powell had a few possessions where he tried to dribble, you know wrap around pass like Luca. Like just stay true to who you are. That's not your skill set. Just don't try to do anything extra. Stick to what you're good at. Be a master at it. Like Dwight is a master at the pick and roll and, you know, hustle. Just just be good at that. Be great at that. Yeah. And the last thing too, I'm sorry. One more thing. That's all right. KP, it's just like the heart and soul that Dwight plays with. And you see how great the impact it is when him and Luca is doing anything with the pick and roll of chemistry. And it's like, I don't think I've ever seen KP play a game with the energy and effort has ever matched Dwight to where, how we see Dwight is day in and day out. Like, you know, I, that is something I thought about. Like, damn, KP never really gave that much emotion and effort and heart in the game. Like, you see Dwight diving on the floor, laying out on the floor like Dwight does every game. And it's, it's just crazy. And he's way more gifted than Dwight. And... That's something that he needs to do more, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, no, I, I mean the the thing about like Dwight's energy is part of his deal. Like KP could never play super hard because he always hurt himself every time yeah. he played hard. But that's you know, and that's not his fault. But I mean, like that the energy aspect of what Dwight, Dwight brings is always helpful because there are just some days when these dudes look like they don't have any gas. So, yeah. well, thank you for joining us. Yeah, man, I'm here. Keep, keep right. it going. Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll see you Wednesday because we don't have games for a few days. The pain, the pain. <laughs> All right, talk soon. All right. Okay, coming up next, uh, I'm going to try to bring on folks whose names I haven't seen in a while or I haven't seen before. So, Alex, welcome. That is quite the profile photo you have, Alex. You're good. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I forgot <laughs> I had that. Uh, I definitely have had my Spotify account for quite a while, and I just, yeah, I like used a random one when I first signed up. So, yes. That's all right. So, what, what's going on? What are you thinking? Man, I'll tell you what. After the Wizards game, I was kind of in my typical defeatist mindset, even though they've proven this year that they play bad against a bad team, and then they come back and they just play their best basketball of the season against elite opponents. It's just – it's unbelievable how Kidd has these guys ready in rebound games because it's not fun to lose to the Knicks by 30 or the Wizards by 30. But when you respond, and every time they've lost to a bad team, they've essentially gone on a four-game winning streak afterwards. I mean, they – they just understand that 
we're not going to let this trickle down. They have not had extended stretches of poor play for months now. I mean, they're just an elite team right now. And, and you know, I don't think they're as good as Phoenix, obviously, but it's it's hard to see, at least in the first round, even if they're playing in Denver. You know, I don't know if they're going to lose a, a series in, in five or six games. Like, I don't know. Like, it's hard to see them losing four games to a four or five seed. I don't think anybody but Phoenix can really beat them in four games right now. I certainly don't think this is, I'm just feeling quite bullish. Um, and I don't normally get this way. Uh, I've just see the bounce back aspect that you brought up is, is, is huge because they just don't play two or three bad games in a row anymore. Now, they might lose, you know, there's the, the Philly game and the Charlotte game from a couple weeks ago, but like that whole stretch was just brutal. They were without Reggie Bullock, who's a pretty key part of their success. And like, there's usually reasons when they have the full allotment, kind of their like seven and a half rotation guys, they don't play two bad games in a row. At least I can't remember any, not, not in 2022. And that Philly Charlotte that followed the Boston Brooklyn, you know, uh, amazing stretch. So that was what started that road trip. So you expected to drop a couple games on that road trip, and it was after two buzzer beaters. So you're not really going to complain about that going three and two on that tough five game stretch. That's right. But no, I, I I was just so impressed today. They never felt like out of it at all. The ball denial that Bullock and Finney Smith uh, put on Giannis was incredible in the fourth quarter. He didn't have a point until what, like three minutes left in the game in the fourth? They've had a lot of these with Giannis and then with KD. What they've done is thrown kind of soft doubles where unless the guy's picked up his dribble, the second guy coming doesn't totally blitz. He hangs about two feet away to make things weird and I think it's convenient, and I'm, I'd be very interested to see how that works out over a seven-game series. I think you solve it pretty easily, to be honest. But in these one-game matchups, it's thrown off KD. It's thrown off Jason Tatum. It's thrown off Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, these are MVP caliber players we're talking about here. And there's there's you've got to really give credit where credit is due for both the, for both the game plan and the, the execution. So it's like the illusion of a double team is flustering some of these better players into making, you know, bad decisions and then ruining the offensive flow. And it's enabling our defense to really crank down late in games. Yes. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great. I love it. Well, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Let someone else get a chance here, but good win. Sure thing. Thanks, Alex. Hope you come back. I will. Um, Coming up next, let's go with uh, Adrian. Hi, Adrian. How's it going? Hey, Greg, what's up? Can you hear me? I can. You sound good. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. First time uh, joining uh, here. I've been listening to your podcast for over two years. And uh, since I'm in Europe, it's very difficult to, to but catch now you. It's, Obviously, what, time, what time is it now? Like like 11 o'clock, midnight? What are you doing? It's, it's 11 o'clock, yeah. So the game started at 7 p.m., which was uh, Perfect. pretty good. So about the game, I think everything's been said. Very happy about the, the win. I still don't understand how we're beating all these good teams. I uh, I love the team, obviously. I think our role players are very good, but that's all they are. We we lack real talent to be a true contender, I, I believe. So, I mean, obviously, I think that the answer is Luka. Luka is that good, which takes me to, to my next point. I, I still don't understand the disrespect he gets from the national media. I mean, in the U.S., basically, that the guy's carrying a decent team, but that's all it is, to an amazing record. Every year, you... 
if you if you pay attention, he's beating the, the other MVPs on you know on direct matchups. He performs at an amazing level in in the playoffs as well, as proven already. And every time you you watch him play, you know you're watching something different, right? Like the the, the flair he plays with the, the game is just is just incredible. Like today, for example, it was an incredible passing masterclass. Yeah. So Absolutely. for me. For me, there's okay. I get it. He, he cannot be MVP this year. Uh, for me, mostly because of uh, his lower efficiency com- compared to other guys. But when I hear his name next to guys like I don't know um, Booker or Ja or or Trey, I, I think that's just crazy disrespect- disrespectful to Luca. Like for me, he's in the same tier as uh, Embiid or Giannis or. Or Durant, I don't know. Well, what do you think? It, it, am I am I crazy for for thinking that uh, he's not getting uh, much respect? So it really depends on which outlets we're talking about. If I'm being honest, MVP has I'm sorry, ESPN has finally made a kind of a hard turn into caring about international players. Like the way things are covered on different platforms is always very interesting to me because if you only were to follow the NBA through Instagram, you would think the Lakers are the greatest team of all time. And so it really depends like which spigot of content you're you're consuming because I think Luca is like among people who like basketball. So not narrative, not like the professional wrestling element of the like you know the the back and forth and kind of the just the the parts that aren't basketball. Like people that love the sport think Luca is a a you know top 5 player. This isn't he he gets a, a lot of respect. It's that when you look at things like he comes into the year, he's going to come into next year, for example, the MVP betting favorite because Europe and betters in the United States want Luca to win the award because he just has a good, you know, he, he, he has the, the, he has the case kind of on paper. It's when he started two years in a row now, not as effective as he could, as he could have been for reasons we've covered it all. It sort of puts him behind and then he spends the rest of the season closing the gap. I felt that Luca was an all-team uh, NBA first-team guard since about February 15th or so, and I think he finishes that. I really do because he like this is quite the closing case he's making, and and people who do the voting don't have to turn it in until after the season's effectively over, and you know reputations are forged in the playoffs too. Like, the Booker stuff for me has been very interesting because, like, nobody – like, the Suns just weren't really talked about for a long time because they just killed everyone, and it, that's not interesting. But now we're getting to the playoffs. It's like, oh, well, maybe we should talk about this guy a little bit more. And it's just – I don't know. I'm not really worried about the MVP and, and, and Luka in so much as I am. Like, I, I think he gets a lot of accolades, and then those accolades are sort of brushed aside because expectations for him are almost always higher – than every other player, save maybe like Joel Embiid. Like I really like it's like Luca and Joel probably have the highest like like standard set because Giannis and and Jokic have already gotten their MVPs, and so it's like they're the net. You know, does that make any sense? No, it does. But at the same time, yeah, I get that Luca needs to win in the playoffs. Yeah, that that's that's for sure. But come on, you cannot expect the last two years. Yeah, the Mavs were huge underdogs against the well, the Clippers. Luka's like you cannot possibly hilarious. It's like thirty three ten and eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like you cannot hold that against Luca. To to be honest, like if you're watching the games, you you see that you're you're witnessing greatness every right. night, right? Anyway, I'm really looking forward to to the playoffs. The only team I fear is the Suns, to be honest. Yep. I don't think uh, 
there's any team who can comfortably beat us at the moment. So I'm cautiously optimistic. But that's, nice. uh, that's, that's all I wanted to say. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot, uh, Kurt. Sure. Have a nice day. Sure. Thanks for joining tonight. Have a good day. Cheers. All right. Coming up next, we're going to go with – let's go with Kurt. Hi, Kurt. Ah, uh, there we go. How you doing? Awesome win. Awesome win. That's right. Um, I just want to say a couple things real quick because I know there's a lot of people here. Uh, when, when I see Maxi was going to be out and we're going against like an uber big team, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. You know, we're going to see Bobon. We're going to get destroyed down low. It was the complete opposite. I love how they gang rebound, how they helped here and there. And I don't know, one of those bounce back games that you guys all talked about. Just loved it. It's one of those games where it's like you sit back and you go, wow, I'm like, I'm proud of this team. You know, that's um, right. Yeah. Uh, second, I think it was uh, you and Josh Bo were talking about how you don't like the Sunday afternoon games, how they're always a disaster, this and that. I actually looked it up. I think the Mavs are eight and one their last nine Sunday games. And they're nine and two, their last 11. And a lot of them are quality wins, like double digits against the Jazz, uh, the Warriors, you know, obviously the buzzer beater against the Celtics today against the Bucks. I worry so, about uh, these off kilter timing games, if that makes sense, where like any time where they're not starting at like 730 local time, I just kind of get because it, it, these guys talk about their rhythm, but this one. I mean, they look great from the get-go. I mean, yeah, the 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 um the Bucks hit some threes, but there was there was not any point in the game where you know you can think back to some of the like early seasons because they lost a lot of national TV games to start the year. That at one point they were like two and eleven on national TV games. So it's like you know, and I I start to get in my own head as I look at these things, and so it's just it was nice to see them really just come out and execute over and over again. Yeah, it's definitely great. Um, I did want to say this is going to be a little hot take before I go here. I don't even think it's really of a hot take, but I grew up a huge Steve Nash, Jason Kidd fan, watched him my whole life. I watched like the white chocolate era, Allen Iverson. I lived by Philly, blah, blah, blah. My dad's a big Laker fan. I grew up watching a lot of film. I'm in my mid thirties. I've seen a decent amount of Magic Johnson. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how young he is. Luca is the greatest passer in NBA history that I've ever seen. His IQ slash passing has to be – I mean, I don't know why no one talks about that more. It's kind of like on these national broadcasts, they always talk like, oh, look at that pass. That's like a, a LeBron James pass. Or It's like, come on. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm biased, but – No, no. His passing is particularly nuts. And you know it's crazy when the commentators don't know how to respond to some of the looks – where he's getting things through. Like there were at least five passes tonight that I don't know if there was anyone else on either team that would have even tried it. And like, when you get that good, it's, I mean, when you, you talk about like greatest, whatever, there's always like some parsing that goes along, but it's like, like the, you know, friend of the program, you know, HP basketball when he was mad the other day referred to Lucas passing as mechanical. And I'm like, what fucking robots are you looking at that are able to do this stuff? Cause he just is crazy. So. Yeah, I also think um, – what was I going to say? Um, yeah, it's not even the fact of his numbers. Like, oh, the num- the amount of 30 and 15 games he has. It's it's the easy passes, the everyday, the every possession pass, the 40-foot cross courts, the, mm-hmm. the dart. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, my wife was calling. Sorry. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, the third, the 40-foot no-looks, the dart passes, the, the English he puts on the baseline passes, the one-handers. It's just insane. It's foolish to watch it. But I'm going to bow yep. out on that, and, uh, you know, hopefully we get this three-seed here, you know? That's right. All right. Talk soon, Kurt. Thanks for coming back. Later. Mm-hmm. Okay. you got about 15 minutes. Jacob, you've been waiting. How you doing, Jacob? Yeah, how you do, Kirk? Um, I want to add to that passing Luca um, put on the show today because I feel like every time he went um, to the basket, he either handed the ball over to Dwight, which was an easy basket every single time today, or he just was able to swing the ball out to Dorian or Reggie, and they either had to shoot or made it most of the second half or just um, pass it over to JB or Dorian, and they got to shoot. So I think Luca's passing was extraordinary today. I mean, it's certainly at one point in the fourth quarter, he was responsible for like 85% of the points, either passing or assisting. And it's, you know, when he's in his bag like that, that's when you can, it's really easy to make the justification that he, he has the usage that he does. Um, He just controls the game with how he, with both the passing and the driving. And I mean, there are a few times tonight where I wish he would have tried to take a few more of the shots that that he gets, particularly when he's, like, going left on some of these floaters. But, man, it's just the willingness and the audacity to make some of the passes that he does, along with the more – I don't want to call them simple because I don't really think there's anybody else on the team who can make the pass, but, like, the correct basic read to, like, you know, a wraparound Dwight Powell pass. I love that stuff. Yeah, I mean, mean, he had that one pass where he just – Threw the ball right next to um, Wesley Matthews, I think it was, to to Dwight. That was a great pass as well. I, I think Luca was standing like mid court, and he, Dwight was right around the basket. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, he does. There was like he committed an uh, elder abuse against Wesley Matthews. Like I cannot believe yeah. they played Wesley against him so much. Yeah. Yeah, Some of his easy. greatest passes were oh, Wes was guarding him. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. Uh, yeah, and then um, you talked earlier about the uh, um, double coverage on on um, on Giannis. I feel like they changed it after the first quarter. I mean, what did they have? Like eight threes in the first yes. quarter. I looked it up, and they had like seven seven more the rest of the game. So I think they changed it up a little bit because I thought they were doubling Giannis too early in the first quarter, so he was more likely to pass out the ball, and they got an open three, and they're going to make those ones obviously when they're wide open. So I want to give credit to, I guess, the coaching staff for recognizing that and changing it a little bit, I think. Yep. Nope. I think that's a very good point. Well, thank you, Jacob. You got anything else? Uh, No, that's it. All right. You have a good night. We'll talk soon. Thank you. And now I have my dog hounding me. So between my son and my dog, there may be a lot of extra on this podcast today. Um, Henry, how you doing, Henry? What do you got for us? Um, just real quick, um, this Dwight Powell performance is not going to distract me from the Rudy Gobert agenda. <laughs> Sign me up. Um, y'all can celebrate this. That's fine. But, um, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my take. And I'm I like, I like the, the, the sticking to the take, sticking to the, to the take. It's, it's well understood. Um, luckily we don't have to think about the Rudy thing later. Um, and also, uh, kind of to piggyback off of what Adrian was talking about in terms of the MVP conversation, uh, Luke is like eight and two versus these MVP candidates. And I think if the guy just simply shows up in better shape next season, I think it's his to lose. So that's all I got. Love it. I love it, Henry. Thanks so much. Talk soon. 
Okay, Ike. How you doing, Ike? Welcome. Good, Kirk. How's it going? Can you hear me? Thanks for joining. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. Great win. Great win. You kind of called it after that debacle in Washington against uh, KP. Did um, I actually but, say this? You're the second person who said this, and I feel like I'm, I don't feel like I would predict a Bucks win. Am I that nuts? You said, well, you said that they would show up, and they certainly oh, did. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, that tracks. I, I think that the only thing that I really had is kind of a question that I don't, I'm not sure you'll probably have the answer or not, but I, I you know, with, with all the, the analysts and the, the side commentators, the one thing that kind of missed me even, uh, amidst the, uh, MVP conversation is why doesn't anybody mention, uh, Luca's defensive metrics, right? Now, again, he's not going to fool anybody as an all world, all NBA defensive team. Um, member or whatever, but the strides that he's made uh, defensively really gets overlooked. And I know that there are times that he gets absent-minded and, you know, all that. But I think it wasn't too long ago, last time I checked, Luca was top 10 amongst point guard defensive metrics. But nobody yeah, but mentioned the individual defensive but but individual defensive metrics are generally frowned upon as as like used to make any sort of case for something like that by the stats people. I will say that I tend to agree that his defense is improved and his defense is going to be what makes or breaks how successful the Mavericks are on the defensive end because he's going to be hunted. Okay. Yeah, does it, that make it, sense? It, it, no, it, it does, and and naturally, I think because of the strides that he he's made, he's not hunted as much as maybe before because he can still kind of handle his ground when he's actually focused and honed in on playing defense. But naturally, in the playoffs, I mean, you're naturally going to expect teams to kind of do that to you know try and figure out ways to at least diminish the the godliness that he has overall. It's like okay, sure. you know. I'll sit that let's let's hunt him out on defense. But I think he's we've seen occasions that he can he can hold his own when he's actually focused in. When he tries, yeah, yeah. My my our, our buddy Josh in the chat says Luca doesn't play defense. Josh, you had a baby and you don't remember things. Yeah, you, you you have a young child. You you can't remember these things over the last three months of your life. Luca actually did play has played some pretty good defense uh, in twenty twenty two. It's nothing yeah. world beating. It's no. it's uh. It's no longer, oh my God, Luca's gonna get like like every point Luca scores gets matched by his man kind of thing. Yeah, it's not an open door like Trey Young, but I digress. That's <laughs> right. all that I had, Kurt. Thanks, man. Right. All right. Sure thing, man. Talk soon. Okay, you got about ten minutes. So we're gonna fly through some people. Uh Jacob. Hi Jacob, how are we doing? Hey Kurt, you got me? I do. Awesome. Hey, is there a more bipolar team than this team? I mean, it's just kind of it's just kind of weird to beat the Bucks, the the Jazz, the Celtics, the Nets, the Heat, and then also get ass blasted by, you know, the Hornets and the Wizards and the uh, the Knicks. I mean, is, is that is that weird? Or is that just me? I mean, compared to last year, where they were like they could not defeat under 500 teams, and they could only beat like the like the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Like last year was awful. That was why we had these. And I like we had group therapy like all the time because the Mavericks would lose to the Kings and then go beat the shit out of the Grizzlies. And it's like, what is happening? It, it was very frustrating. Yeah, no, but I guess I can't complain with how much 
with where, where we're sitting and everything. Yeah. And the, the, I mean, the Wizards right game certainly sucked. Like that's the, the what yeah. they've done is is they've won at least or they've lost at least once a week on a game where we're all watching. So it's like a Friday night game versus like a Tuesday game, you know. And it's like they've they've had some really maddening losses, but then they just they win the rest of them. It's like this week I I they should go three and zero this week. Yeah, it's 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 it'd be one thing to lose, but it's another to you know lose by thirty is I guess is what the really maddening part is, but for sure. But uh, a couple things that I wanted to get to was, uh, man, Dwight Powell. I uh, didn't, did not uh, have that on my bingo card, him turning into prime Shaq. Right. Uh, I, I, I it, it, man, it would be such a boon for us if, you know, he's cleaning up the boards like he did today. And we, we've always, like, he's always been a pretty good finisher, but like, he's like almost automatic when he's catching lobs from Luca. Awesome. And, yeah, he's it's like I, I think he's gotten better on defense. I don't know. I, I, he's not he's not a turnstile. And uh I mean with that being said, I guess my take is I think behind Dorian and Reggie, I think Powell's got to be the most important or, or I guess the third most important map. So ahead of Brunson, ahead of Dinwiddie in the playoffs. What do you think about that? Spicy. I think you're nuts, but it's spicy and I like there are <laughs> arguments for it because I mean, it's kind of matchup dependent. I would say, like, if they're playing the Jazz, he's gonna get neutralized. I sure. uh, that's just because Gobert is a like such a presence near the rim. But if they're playing the Nuggets, I think he could do. You know, Gobert yeah. is also pretty good at defense. Or not Gobert. Um, Jokic is also pretty dang good at defense. But it's a different deal. And plus, the Nuggets are just kind of a like less talented team. Um, with all the injuries they're dealing with, uh, you know, maybe uh, barring Murray coming back. So it's just, it's matchup dependent for me, but I, uh, Powell just gives them a lot of juice when they need it. Mm-hmm. Sure. I guess, I guess the important part there was uh, the rebounding. Like if we can make Luca not the best rebounder on the team, cer- cer- certainly he's going to get his boards, but it, like Powell's almost even mastered the Tyson Chandler, you know, tip rebound on offensive boards to create extra possessions. Like I've I've noticed that recently, and I, and it's been a welcome sight because I don't before this season I don't I don't think I've ever seen him. I do mean, that. he would do a lot of like wild slapping at the ball, but I don't remember near as many offensive rebounds that have resulted from it. That's the truth. Right, right, and uh, another another uh, I guess let's say we do make it to the finals because uh, we you know we've been talking about who we want to see in the first round and whatnot. Who do you think would be the most like? competitive, just really fun matchup to watch for us in the finals. What we just watched. I would love a Giannis Luka finals. You think so? Oh my God. I would love that. I I think I kept going back between the bucks and the Celtics, but yeah, I think I would love the Milwaukee. I would hate the narrative because so many people in, you know, American sports media want to crown Jalen or want to crown, um, their guy, Tatum, like Tatum's unbelievable, but he's, it's like the same thing with Ja. It's like, He's really, really good, but he can't do one-third of the things Luca does, so I don't know why we're talking about him in comparison. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that would drive me nuts. But I'd, I would just like Lonnie, uh, Giannis versus Luca because they're both, like, insanely competitive lunatics. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess I'll step back, but I'll leave you with this stat. You probably saw it, but Luca has uh, three 30-point, 15-assist games, and the rest of the NBA has three. So... It's good stuff. All right. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Um, Let's see here. 
I can tell my man Lyndon has a take. He's feeling spicy today. How are we doing, Lyndon? I'm, I'm in the chat going crazy. I this this was one of Luca's like like real masterpieces that he yes. put together a painting today. I was very like really really impressed. Um, I see that there's a groundswell of a movement. Usually, I try to stay away from the movements, but there's a groundswell of the of the free Rudy movement that I'm loving. I'm loving the free Rudy Gobert. Dwight Powell had a great game, but we can ship him to the moon. Let's not get crazy. I'm I'm here. I'm here, Henry. I'm here with y'all. <laughs> well, so so like there are instances like so it's like when you're talking pure basketball. It's not really a discussion. It's like, of course, you want Rudy Gobert. Just like mm-hmm. he's good at defense. He is a really good screen setter to the point to where he somehow has a damn statistic that's been coined after him. The fucking screen, screen assist. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a really good rebounder. He's seven one. He ought to be, but you know, we always know that's not necessarily the case. He's also a very good rollman. He's not the passer Powell is, but that's okay. He's also pretty good on the head. Like, he's better in space than people give him credit for. The reason he has to play drop is because the rest of their defenders suck, and he's always covering up their asses. Dorian Finney-Smith would be like – Dorian Finney-Smith would be the best wing defender he's played with in two years, in my opinion. Um, You're preaching. But the, the – so the, the argument against him is 100% vibes, and I cannot dismiss that out of hand because that man – him and Spencer Dimwitty give me some similar feelings of just because you you can say a thing doesn't mean you should say a thing. And him and Mitchell just can't like, I wouldn't like, I, I, I said this last night, if the Mavericks were to somehow pull this off and I don't see how they could, let's just be clear there too. I would write this guy an open letter saying, we're not to hear any more of your bullshit because I don't want to hear about touches. Luca will find you if you do your job. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, like, I, like, Mitchell can't I, pass is kind of the weird thing, or he doesn't pass. Like, he, I, his vision kind of sucks for a guy who I, has, you know, like him. What do you think? And, Kirk, I agree, and I think the most underrated thing about Donovan Mitchell is that he, hidewise, is closer to Jalen Brunson than Dwayne Wade. He has nice long arms. But when they when they were releasing the heights, Donovan Mitchell is six feet one. That's it. Yes. I mean, That's which it. makes what he does all the more insane. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> but it also means he just can't see. Like, there was a play people were showing last night on social media where, Luke, where, where Rudy ducks in and has the seal so bad. He's just, like, standing under the basket. All you had to do was put it near the rim, and he would be able to dunk it. And no jazz player passed it to him. It whipped around the perimeter. So it's like there's something more than just him and Mitchell. No, like, I, I – the thing is, Gobert is a flawed offensive player. He does he doesn't have really a good touch, right? So I understand it. Like if he's not have a dunk, we're not giving him to you. But I do you remember the All Star game where Trey was a starter? Did you see the passes he was giving Gobert? Like yeah, stuff trying, that that like other teams don't see. Like an elite passer takes Gobert up to another yes. level. But but I, I that that's I digress. No, on it's that. fun to talk about. I think, and we'll have lots of time to talk about it. But you were right about this being like kind of if you were to if you were to list like Luca games for casuals who don't who are just sort of like this is one of them. You'd be like, hey, here's here's why we think he's uh, an unbelievable basketball player. Yeah, and and I think the thing is is that the scoring, it's not even about that. It was the complete control. 
And I remember Bob Ryan used to talk about this. I think he, he said this about 2014 LeBron. He said LeBron in the, around that time had mastered the game. Um, like when he saw Larry or Perry Magic. And when he was talking about master, it's about when you get on the floor with the best player, he's in full control of how this game moves, the rhythm of the game, the pace of the game. And Luca was in full control. It would, it would, it would, the game would kind of move off kilter, but you could see his hands were all over the game. This was a masterpiece. I was so like just enthralled at what I saw. I, 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 awesome game by Luca. And I, I, I have critiques for Luca often, but this was a game where you just like, man, duh, there wasn't basketball a lot brilliance, of motion. Like tonight, today was a good example of there. There wasn't a lot of wasted motion in his dribbling. Like yeah, he the wasn't pounding the shit out of the ball, right? Facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I I agree. Um, also, I think an underrated thing about today's game was the early shooting from Dinwiddie because Brunson was was Cold. as as customary customary struggling against you know someone who's of Chris Middleton's uh, stature. And Dinwiddie was hitting threes like he was getting open shots and he was knocking him down. And Brinson was scared to even shoot early on, you know. Yep. No, this is this is this is good stuff. Well, thank you for joining also, us, Lyndon. This is my last thing. I have a question oh, sure. for you. I have a question mm-hmm. for you. How do you feel about Timmy? Like, say Timmy were to take Josh Green's minutes, do you think he would take the team up a level? Losing the defense with the open shooting, the gravity. How do you feel about I mean, that? I've not been very impressed by Josh Green's defense, but I do think Josh bring Josh brings this. Uh, what's the the je ne sais quoi? Like Josh just brings an element that I really like. I don't. I think you would have to find minutes for Timmy. He does the dirty play, dirty work. What's that? Uh, Josh Green does the dirty work, yes. and Green is another. I mean, and Timmy is another finesse player. And yes. it's like we need more more junkyard dogs. Also, uh, last thing, last last thing. Sure. Marquise Chris did exactly what Trey Burke did in the bubble. We got tricked again. <laughs> it's incredible. He is he is so he got mad at the foul call and they just yanked him. And it's like, dude, you you pushed Drew in the back. What did you think yeah. you did there? Like I don't know that. Uh, but uh, the Timmy stuff is something I'm curious. Like it's fun to talk about. I think maybe we'll. I'll do a midweek show maybe before before the Detroit game. That's he's somebody that might be fun to theorize about because I would love to treat Tim at like like very much hot or cold where you go in get Timmy two shots and if he hits them great you keep playing them and if he doesn't you just yank him. Also, when you do those Moneyball Minute like podcasts or I don't know if you're gonna put something on the site, but can you guys react to Ethan Strauss's Substack article on Mark Cuban? I really want to hear you guys' thoughts on on. What, what Strauss to kind of puts I mean, I'm in a group chat with Ethan. He sent it to me, and I have not read it yet. <laughs> Just because, I, but I, I will. I will do that. That's a good point. I'll do that. Yes, probably you're the day, you're the so. main guy. The Mavs fan base wants to hear from because you've <laughs> written on Mark. You're the main guy. Everyone wants to hear what what you think. So, all We're right, ready. and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks. All right. All right. Um, let's do one more person. Then I got to get out of Dodge. I'm really sorry. I can't get to everybody. Um, Tarek. How you doing? Welcome. Hey, Kirk. What's going on? Not much. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing well. Um, yeah, one thing I wanted to talk about, I did come in kind of late, so I apologize if this has been talked all right. about, is uh, Jalen Brunson's defense on Chris Middleton was 
very pesty. He was like very annoying, you know, and, and stayed in front of him the whole game. So I think that's kind of a big underrated reason as to why. Huge. Yeah. Underrated reason as to why we won this game just because like that little man was just staying in front. And then, yeah, obviously, I mean, I think people have probably talked about Dwight Powell a lot, but man, those like he was fighting for rebounds against Luca. Like that's the thing that I noticed is he was just tenaciously trying to take rebounds away from even his own team. So I love, I love Brunson when he does stuff like that, because that's when you're reminded, and a lot of people don't know this because he's only like 6'2", 6'3", but he apparently was basically a power forward in high school because um, he played on like a, like a private school team. And, yeah, he handled the ball, but he basically had to like guard other fours and stuff like that. So, like, I think he loves banging and grabbing rebounds and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I was at, For the, the rebounding was uh, Dwight Powell, though. That's who I was referencing. Like, oh, sure. Him, yeah, him stealing – like. There was like two or three times where he like stole a rebound from Luka Doncic, which was like, I like to see that. I mean, sometimes that can lead to like people losing the ball, but specifically today, I thought it was super important that he was just, he was on. I mean, Dwight is always on, but for some reason today, he was like extremely motivated. Yeah, no, it's great. It's good stuff. Well, thank you for joining. I hope you come back. Yeah, will do. All right. All right, guys. I got about 10 people waiting. I'm really sorry. I can't get to everybody. I hope you, some of my regulars, I hope you don't hate me for this. I try to get to everybody as much as I can, but it's, um, it's, uh, doing these during the day. I'm with my son today and I probably shouldn't have him on the iPad for more than 45 minutes and we're at 50 minutes. So appreciate your time. Uh, hope you come back. I'll try to do one of these maybe Tuesday night. I don't know. We'll see. We got two days before Mavs games. Um, everybody be good and we will uh, talk soon. Go Mavs.